We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready. Tyler Siski joins me today as well. We are brought to you each and every episode by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. So check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel. To learn more, Tyler, how are you on this Thursday, the first day of December, of February? I apologize. February. I was going to say, if, if it's December, this is moving a lot faster than I thought it was It was moving. February. Um, yeah, doing great, Neil. You know, I'm bringing back, it's been a minute. I've had to slow down on probably my favorite, the peach nectarine. I've had to slow down on it because I think I've gone through like four and a half cases of it since Bob made the delivery in the fall. So, I just say it's been a couple of weeks, so I brought brought her back out for the for the Thursday show for the heat. Brought back brought back the peach nectarine, and Neil, it won't be long. We'll be back in the studio before too long. But the Cooper Chevrolet will let you guys know they have a special buy going on. They have over twelve all new Chevy tracks SUVs now in stock. Take one home starting under twenty three thousand dollars. They have the most stock in East Alabama. Call those guys at 256-236-4481, and you can be located anywhere, and they will deliver it to you. They wanted me to make sure that we let everybody know they will deliver. So thank you guys for those support there. So, All right, I, Neil, you ready to rock and roll or what, man? Let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Go ahead. Get rolling. I'll let, All I'll right. let, you, I'll let you direct. All right. I got, I got my directorial debut going here. I'm going to give you a little, uh, little, little Cameron for you today. All right, so uh, this was awesome. I'm sure you've probably seen it. Probably mid-morning, uh, NCAA announces the punishment for uh, ex-Alabama baseball coach Brad Bohannon from the betting scandal that took place during the middle of baseball season. Um, this is a record to my knowledge. There may be one out there that I don't know about in like rifle or something. Um, my man gets a 15-year, that's right, one five 15 year show calls at 48 years old. So his show calls will be up when he turns 63. So pretty much they made sure uh, that this is it. What a um, so it gets better. You can technically hire a coach with a show calls. Uh, that doesn't mean complete admonishment, but what basically that means is if you hire somebody with a show calls, their penalties and their, uh, probation could come to your school. Uh, a lot of times, if they had penalties, they, those penalties will follow them. That's basically what a show calls means uh, for the fans that don't understand that. But the NCAA went went one further. If if he is hired by any institution inside of this show calls, along with that, it is an immediate five year 
suspension from every regular season baseball game. <laughs> so the show cost wasn't enough. Oh my God. Saying that we've given you a 15 year show calls wasn't enough. We're going to hit you with if somebody hires you inside the next 15 years, you're immediately suspended for five years for every regular season baseball game. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. We got stuff to get no, to. I just thought it was funny. But Bohannon finds out his pitcher in Baton Rouge can't go, calls his buddy in Cincinnati, who's a Neff, Neff. Neff's facing federal charges, by the way, for uh, throwing away cell phones, um, encouraging people not to uh, follow follow a subpoena, et cetera. Um, I mean, he's a real gem. Neff gets the call from Bohannon that says, hey, hurry. I haven't told LSU yet, basically. So it's not out yet. So you got this news. Go bet against my team. Get me in on the action. Neff goes to the casino at the Great America Ballpark there in Cincinnati. Beautiful park, by the way. If you ever get a chance to go, you should. Um, goes to the casino, tries to put a hundred grand on LSU. Um, they're not used to seeing college baseball bets in late April. So they flag it. Tell him the max he can do is 13000 He proceeds to tell them, this is a sure thing. You need to let me do this. No, dumbass. They don't want you to bet sure things. They'd rather you lose, you moron. Um, this guy's such a winner that he then shows them the text from the Alabama baseball coach, tells the people at the window. So before anybody goes, hey, those cats in Cincinnati, they were they were really on to something. No, 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 no. They were, just, dumbest criminals. they were just fin- finishing up a Friday afternoon at the casino. It was just a normal day. And this guy tells them, hey, I'm about to rob the bank. I'm, I'm going to do it. Here's my plan. Your bank. I'm about to rob You're, your I'm bank. I'm robbing your bank in just a few <laughs> minutes. It's a sure thing. There's my Legally. getaway car. It's the day. I mean, the what a buffoon to trust this idiot. So within... Basically, 72 hours, they they freeze him. They, no, no Alabama baseball bets are allowed. And within 72 hours, basically, this investigation is open and closed. They had all the video of the phone, everything. Brad Bohannon coaches that game that night. His team loses 8-6 to six to, at LSU. He coaches that game that night not knowing that essentially he had been completely exposed and his career was over he finished the weekend in baton rouge alabama found out about it and basically just said dude we're gonna go through the formal process here but you're fired and that's that it i mean you think so just here's my moral of the story we're gonna get to some life advice a little later here's your some life advice everybody at some point in their life is going to do something stupid just part of it everybody does something stupid when you do Catch yourself and then be kind to yourself by just saying this. You know what? That was stupid. Thank God I didn't get hurt. I'm not as stupid as Brad Bohannon. And then go on with your life. Try to do better. Try to do better. Try not to do that stupid thing again. But give yourself some grace and go, that was stupid. I'm going to try to do better. At least it wasn't as stupid as Brad Bohannon. Do that for yourself. And go forth, my sons and daughters. The irony of this whole thing is the pitcher that couldn't go that night against LSU has since transferred to LSU and is going to be their Friday night starter. Yeah. <laughs> Just. Hey, all right. And last thing on this, I got to say this. This 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 part of it made me, I, made me laugh. So there's this list of penalties, right, that they get. Uh, the University of Alabama received a $5,000 fine. <laughs> And three years of probation. How fast do you think it was that the uh, Greg Burns saw those penalties? Was like, uh, deal. Yeah, wrote that check. <laughs> yeah, there will there will not be any uh, fighting this in the court by Alabama. No, no, no. There's the no appeal. There's, Nobody's there's, appealing that one. No, sir. Do you you say know what? We deserve a five thousand dollar check for hiring someone that stupid. Here, take your money. <laughs> 
Did you say five thousand dollars, sir? Did I read that right? That's that's that is three zeros and a comma. That's it. Five thousand dollar fine. Here you go. And 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 three years of probation in men's baseball at Alabama. Um. Uh. Yes. Signed. Signed. I might have even I might have even taken an intern, called him in, handed him a briefcase with the money, and said, "Take this to Indianapolis and hand deliver it." Yes. Take him to dinner while you're there and say thank you. Go to St. Elmo's and buy him some shrimp. (laughs) No doubt. All right, Neil. That was the NCAA being nice to a team in the SEC. This week, between our shows, they decided not try not to play nice uh, with the University of Tennessee. And the University of Tennessee, along with government officials in Tennessee, have officially told the NCAA to kick rocks. A nice legal way of telling them to kick rocks. Yes. Um, Danny White, that, the, the UTAD, uh, issued a, an, a, a statement today that was – it was pretty good. Yeah. So it's all out there. Everybody kind of knows the NCAA is going after Tennessee for NIL, basically uh, violations of how uh, things are being run. And I've heard this for a while. Um, this is just another, this is just far, further evidence of this. It's very clear to me and anybody that listens to our show probably um, that's probably why you guys listen. It's very clear that the NCAA, uh, what's left of the NCAA, is doing everything in their power to get rid of collectives and make life difficult on the collectives. Um, Charlie Baker's new plan that he's trying to come up with to quote unquote save the NCAA with the schools uh, paying for the players. He's doing everything that he can, the NCAA is in their power to get rid of collectives, um, which that in turn changes uh, changes everything that there is now. And, you know, I don't think it was a coincidence, Neil. Um, you know, as I like to say is, you know, McCready and Siski is leading the common sense party of 2024. Uh, but I do have a doctorate in common sense. I don't think it was coincidence that, the NCAA publicly went after Tennessee this week, made them respond, uh, leaked the information. There was investigation going on because today, as we're speaking right now, today is the first day of the first ever NIL summit with all the collectives. Like, I don't think that was a coincidence that they dropped this hammer trying to spook the conversation or, or change the conversation of this NIL summit going on today. Well, Danny White's response is absolute, is absolute gold. Danny White, brother of uh, former Ole Miss guard, Mike White, now the head basketball coach at Georgia. Danny used to work at Ole Miss. Was the, uh, He's AD, good people, by the way. I'm a big fan. AD at Central Florida, I think, before he yep. took UT job. He was, at Bu- he was at Buffalo, then Central Florida, and then um, – he, he nails this. The NCAA generally does not comment on infraction cases because there's a rule against it. However, that has not stopped them in the past from leaking information to the media, Pat Forty, as they, he, he didn't say Pat Forty. I said Pat Forty by accident, just because that's who they leak to, Pat Forty. I wonder why they always leak to Pat Forty. I wonder why the NCAA always leaks to the same two people. Hmm, what could it possibly be? I don't know. Could it be just kissing that ass? You kiss enough of that ass, you get enough of that shrimp. That shrimp's good, boy. That cocktail sauce with the horseradish. I bet they let Pat have some red wine. Shit, they might let him watch some Louisville volleyball video right there at the table. Um, As they did this week about us, their actions made this ill-conceived investigation public and forced us to defend ourselves. It is clear that the NCAA staff does not understand what is happening at the campus level all over the country in the NIL space. After reviewing thousands of Tennessee coach and personnel phone records, NCAA investigators didn't find a single NIL violation. So they moved the goalpost to fit a predetermined outcome, which is what they always do. They are stating that the nebulous, contradictory NIL guidelines written by the NCAA, not the membership, don't matter, and applying the old booster bylaws to collectives. If that's the case, then 100% of the major programs in college athletics have significant violations. This is obviously silly and not productive as is blaming the membership whenever they are challenged. We need to be spending our time and energy on solutions to better organize college athletics in the NIL era. 
something that NCAA leadership failed to do back in 2021. Student athletes, prospective student athletes, coaches, and administrators across the country deserve better, and I refuse to allow the NCAA to irrationally use Tennessee as an example for their own agenda. That, my friends, is a beautiful piece of writing that takes on a whole lot of people all at once, rationally, and he's exactly right. Look, we've covered this ground a bunch. A couple times. The NIL space is the wild, wild west. That is the fault of the NCAA, frankly, more than anyone. It's the fault of the super left-leaning aspect of college athletics administrators and presidents and stuff in the summer of 2020 overreacting. It's just the truth. It's the way it is. It's the fault of a handful of media that will literally fall to their knees and kiss the ass of the NCAA in exchange in exchange for scoops. They get scoops. That's why I hate that stupid name when you give it to me all the time. They give them it's not even it's not a dig. They're not they're not digging for information. It's literally handed to them. It's a phone call. Hey, tomorrow morning at this time this is coming out. I'm going to give you all the information. Wait till 901 tomorrow and then punch the button. Okay, it's it's handed to them. It's yeah. one it's one sided, and that's what happens. It's one sided, and Tennessee, like a handful of other programs, got ahead on NIL. They did to their credit. They said, "Hey, this is going to be out there. We might as well use it. We might as well use it to our advantage." And they included in that the deal with Nico Iamaliva. And Pat Forty and Dan Wetzel and all these people are making fun of it. They won on Nico Iamaliva. I remember writing about Nico Iamaliva when he took a visit. He took a visit to Arkansas one week before he took a visit to Ole Miss. He was at Ole Miss for, was that the 2021 Grove Bowl game? 2021, 2022, oh. I don't know, whatever. He was at the Grove Bowl. And I had written because I talked to someone at Arkansas who he had been up there the week before and his price tag was exorbitant. And I wrote, Hey, the most interesting thing about this Grove bowl is not whether the red team or the blue team wins. It's what does Ole Miss do with Nico? I'm And I think I'm saying his name wrong. I'll eventually get it right. He's a hell of a football player. He is a, he ends up at Tennessee, and they cut this NIL deal with him that is complex and complicated, and it's seven figures. And how much of that he gets and doesn't get, I don't know. And I honestly don't care. But the NCAA cared because they viewed it as, oh, my God, pay for play. Because guess what, Tyler? It's pay for play. Everything's pay for play. Right now, it's all pay for play. That's why the collectives are doing this pretty creative thing that really skirts the rules while also following the rule of saying, hey, we give you this amount of money per month, whatever to play, football, basketball, whatever, and we control your NIL rights, which means if we have something that we need you to do, you do it. But, and this is going to be far more common, if there's never jack shit for you to do, you don't have to do it. You still just get your money. And that's cool. It follows the rules. Now, does it violate the spirit of the rule? Sure, but it doesn't violate the rule. And so the NCAA is basically, forgive my language, having a shit fit about this because they've lost control. Everyone's yeah. figured out the way around it. And as long as it remains completely unregulated, which it's going to for the immediate future and probably for the distant future, because nobody seems to really have a way to handle this legally, uh, that, that that follows labor law, that follows, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, monopoly, anti, monopolization. Antitrust. Antitrust, thank you. That was the word I was looking for. All this stuff, there's a lot there. There's a lot there that all these people that are dealing with this, no offense to the Walker Joneses of the world who are doing great work. But Walker doesn't have a background in antitrust law. So he's having to educate himself and people, and neither does Danny White. 
right? All these ADs, these people, they don't, this is not their background. So they, they get attorneys, you get people in Congress that they don't, I mean, look, AOC's in Congress. You expect her to solve college athletics? I mean, this is, it's not going to get done. And so what the NCAA sees is they have no power. And what's happened now, unlike back in the days when they came down on Ole Miss real hard and Ole Miss was like, oh shit, they've got us. They've got us. You know what? He did sleep on the couch and we did give him $1,400. We're screwed. We'll roll over and play dead. Now everybody goes, oh, screw y'all. Y'all can't do jack. We're going to fight back in the courts and the states are working with them. The NCAA is dead man walking. That is the bottom line. They're done. It's probably too lenient. That's probably too lenient. <laughs> they might be dead man crawling, but they're dead. It's over. In my opinion, you might disagree, but I, I think this whole, it's like, and I don't blame the people in my field for writing story after story after story after story. But in my world, this story's like kind of over. The, the, I want to give credit where credit's due here. I love his show. Uh, Josh Pate probably said it best. He had a whole parable trying to explain it to fans. But in this particular case, it's like common sense to the point. It's just, it's very frustrating. I think this is where they decided to, okay, we're going really punch back this time. They continue, they being the NCAA, continue to move the goalpost on NIL. Okay. Yep. So they continue to, okay, you can do this, you can do this. Hey, now look, we got immediate eligibility. Hey, uh, now we got multi-transfers that affect all this NIL stuff, right? Yep. Hey, now listen, all right, we didn't want collectives at the beginning, but now we can have collectives that might no paper for play, tampering, this whole deal. They keep continuing to move the goalpost. And then once they decide they want they want to get rid of collectives so bad yeah. that I'm not gonna be surprised, and, and I don't, I don't, I'm not putting a hex on anybody. Totally not going to be surprised at all in the slightest if every single school, including Ole Miss, who has a phenomenal collective, mm -hmm. is going to start getting targeted for random shit. And it's going to take every collective. It's going to take the state of Mississippi. It's going to take the state of Alabama. It's going to take the state of Georgia. It's going to take the state of Florida for all these people to tell them to kick rocks. Yep. And then enough people are going to uh, legally tell them to kick rocks that that's what's going to break it away. Um, but yeah, when 100 percent, but well, everyone's everyone sees it now, right? I mean, the fact that Tennessee fought back this hard against this tells me that the SEC said, "Hey, fight back." Yeah. I mean, you're telling me that Danny White wrote that letter. That the Tennessee's president came out with her statement, which was brilliant, by the way, without at least consulting Greg Sankey and the. People oh no, no, he was all in on that. Yeah, of course. And so the fight back has started. The Big Ten's fighting back. The SEC's fighting back. This breakaway, this major conference, mini NFL breakaway, yeah. is it's it's inevitable. I don't know the, when, but it's coming. It could be done. And here's the only, and there are obviously negatives to that too, right? The only sure. negative that there is, and we've talked about this to nauseum too, and really in the political sense, but it's the ADs and the presidents that really got to make the decisions, right? And hell, we can't get on the same page about if we're going to play in a season or not. Four years ago, it's it's very similar to politics, right? So you got to get you got to get a bipartisan agreement that we're breaking off and doing this thing. Um, but it's it the groundwork's been laid. But like Josh was saying, and I and I totally agree with him. You can't go back and retroactively punish somebody after you've changed the rule. And they're they're the ones that create this mess. Okay, they created the rules. They created the mess. OK, it's like this. If you have a and the way I would describe it to do my my best Neil, McCready, uh, Neil McCready impersonation is if you go, if your kid gets his driver's license, he's never driven. He didn't drive any practice while he got his permit. And at 16 years old, you go put him in a brand new damn Lamborghini. OK, and you tell him, hey, here's your car. Good luck, Tiger. Well, when his ass gets a speeding ticket or an accident, don't act surprised like you can't put those kind of rules and regulations in front of people and expect expect everybody just to play, you know, not attack the gray area because the entire NCAA, and you know this, I don't know if I've ever said this on, on podcast, every single athletic department, they don't operate off of NCAA rule book. They operate in the gray area. That's how you become a successful program is you have to learn how to operate in the gray area. Period. You go, to, you go to compliance. You say, if I did this, would that be a problem? 
Yes. Now you get that checked out. You, you, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my I call them my CYA emails, right? I'm gonna have my CYA emails. But I'm gonna say this: I'm blue in the face. One of the best compliance people I've ever worked with in my entire life was Julie Owen. Okay, so Julie is now at Kansas State. She left uh, a couple of years ago from Ole Miss to go to uh, Kansas State. But Julie was the best because Julie understood me. She understood how much I like to operate in the gray area. But I would go and say, Julie, I want to do this. Can I do it? There are two types of compliance departments. Okay. And I've had some of these before too. All right. The ones that say, no, you can't do that. But let me go look and see if it's legal. And we got the other ones that are, they're just no, no, no. And they're going to see if you can go do something. And then you have the other ones, the really good people in compliance will go, let me see if, if I can find a way for you to do that. So Julie, I would say, here's my idea. This is what I want to do. And then she would come back and say, look, you can do this, 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 and this, but just on this part right here, let's change it and tweak it and do it this way. All right. And then to, that makes it legal. Hey, if you need, you know, the SEC, as you know, this back in the day had the, had the old, you can't take a photograph outside the locker room deal. And so we were wanting to do a photo shoot, may have not done it, but we want to do, do a photo shoot in a different area. Hey, look, you can't do it on the field, but look, the visiting locker rooms up here by the stadium and you can kind of do an out shot from here and make it legal. And so that's why she was the best is because, because no matter how crazy my idea was and how outside the box it was, she was going to find a way for me to basically accomplish my goal legally and by the book without getting in trouble. But I mean, these, these collectives, you know, the NCAA is all worked up that it's turned into pay for play. Well, of course it was going to turn into pay for play. Of course it was. I mean, that, that was day one. You knew that the first day. Yeah. I mean, I've used this example so many times. I did that show with Chance Campbell the first year, 2021. And I remember telling him, hey, man, here's what I can pay you. And I have no idea whether this is market value, above market value, below market value. I don't know. I said, this time next year, it's probably going to be something totally different. And I was right. It was totally different. And, um, I, I, you know, if I were to go to chance today, number one, the price would be significantly higher, but number two, his honest answer would be, I really don't need to do the show. I'm getting yeah. paid anyway. Now, so the only reason for him to do the show would be he wanted the media experience. That's it. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, is, that's why people go, you know, are you ever going to bring player shows back? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, if there's players that really want to do media and they're they're good at it and they think that's a future for them and they want to experiment with it, sure. But if it's to make more money, no, they're already making the money. Yeah, no, ain't no doubt. Um, all right, I want I'm going to move we're going to move on a little bit because we got a lot a lot to cover today in a short period of time. Um, I get asked this question. I don't know. Shit, feels like every day, especially now. Um, and being here in Oxford, there's been a recently a recent change at this position. And then obviously with what I do with quick, you, I deal with it on a daily basis with people moving around. Um, but what does the GM role do? That's the question I get asked a ton, um, damn near on a daily basis. Um, and basically this role has evolved, uh, quickly, um, as, as just as much as recruiting has changed that fast. And so basically, this whole recruiting mess isn't but about big time recruiting departments aren't but about, you know, 10 to 12 years old. So they're not even that old. Um, we used to call them director of player personnel, which was my title at Alabama. Uh, that And then somebody came up. I don't remember who the first one was. I'm sure we could go back and, and figure out who it was. Somebody will know. But somebody decided they wanted a title and titles got really important with people. And so they decided their their title instead of director of player personnel or, or DPP, they wanted a GM title. And so for a long time, there was absolutely no difference between what a GM did and what a director of player personnel uh, did. They were basically just in charge of recruiting. Well, now, uh, probably in the last five to six years, it's it really kind of got towards that, towards the end of my tenure at Ole Miss. The job has just gotten out of hand with having too much to do and not enough time to do it. So you've actually started basically hiring the larger schools have basically started hiring two people that have experience running recruiting departments and some are more than others. 
Um, there's an SEC school that just hired, I guess, technically their number three guy um, that had been running recruiting departments for a long time. Um, and so recruiting departments are getting bigger, but the GM role, um, especially now the true GM role is moving more towards what an NFL GM and NFL um, front office would look like. So your player personnel director. Yeah. So you're, you have a DPP or a player personnel director that handles all of the evaluations, the on-campus stuff, the visits, all the stuff, you know, as recruiting, but there's been more job responsibility. Uh, you have to be more organized. You have to have somebody that's over the top that understands the organizational part of it to basically delegate and make sure people are doing their jobs. Uh, you have to have that collective uh, communication uh, and basically manage your salary cap. You know, I mean, that's essentially what it is, which is what a GM does. You got to know how much you have in your collective, what you got on the books, what you got coming off the books, how much you got to give. Uh, and that number changes every single year. And so you have to be on top of that, um, which is a full time job in itself. And also uh, that role usually has a lot of organizational details with the head coach and the staff as far as uh, staff meeting times, sits in on interviews, you know, and it's just a, a, a catch all job. Um, and then the next thing is I got asked about when Austin Thomas left to go to um, LSU from Ole Miss. They were like, hey, well, who do you think he's going to hire? And I said, well, I don't know, but I think you'll be fine because the 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 pool of candidates that are qualified for that job has, has drastically shrank in the last five years. Um, when I call us the old Gs, when the old guys ran recruiting, and you know because you've seen it, we literally had to do everything. Okay, you had to have you had to run camps, you had to do evaluations, you had to do literally everything in the building. Um, and so you have that experience. Well, now as recruiting has these staffs have gotten so much bigger and so much larger, all these staffs have come become extremely specialized. Okay, so you got this one guy, his deal is is communications. He's the best guy on Twitter. He can call and he can carry a conversation and all that stuff. He may not know how to evaluate a prospect to save his life. Um, but he's good at his area. And so there just aren't that many guys left in the business anymore that truly understand how to run everything. They know their particular piece of the pie, but they don't know how to, to you know, I call it sitting in the chair. And we got a bunch of we got a bunch of uh, recruiting departments that listen to our uh, podcast. And, and I know they're going they're probably shaking their head. Um, and I've always said this. Everybody wants the check to sit in the chair. Um, but no, nobody wants to sit in a chair until you sit until, but when you sit in a chair, it's a different conversation because you have to make hard decisions and you're going to piss people off every day. Uh, you're going to piss coaches off because if you're making the offensive coach happy, you're pissing off the defensive coach. Um, and it's a, it's a very thankless job. You have to understand how to get along. Um, it's almost like being, the, I guess, the speaker of the house, right? You got, you got, you got two different, two different avenues you're trying to keep happy and you got to be, you know, you got to thread that thread that needle. But uh, there's tough decisions that, that have to be made, and it has to fall on you. Now, with that being said, this is one of the most interesting things that's kind of happened with this job in the last. Really, it started occurring at my end of my uh, tenure. You don't have as much time to sit and watch kids anymore. Um, you know this because I told you this privately. You were like, hey, what are you doing? I said, dude, I'm locked up from 9, 930 to 1130. I'm, I'm locked in. I would literally go, go in my office, literally lock my door, and force myself for two hours a day. That was my chance to watch kids. Um, and it was very rarely that I could get through it without a, having to go put out a fire or something come up. You don't have the time to sit in there like when I was at Alabama back 10 years ago. Dude, I was at Alabama. If I wanted to, I could sit in a room and watch kids all day long. And I could evaluate, you know, the days of going in and finding a Mike Hilton or an Evan Ingram, those days are over for that position. That's somebody else's job. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't exist anymore. Now, what you can do is you can go, hey, look, the guys, we're getting ready to make a decision on. Okay, hey, we're getting ready. Do we need to take this guy or not? I'll watch that guy. But you, you, you so you shrink your list from watching literally two to 3,000 kids a year down to about 70. And so it, you, you have to do that. So that's somebody else's job. So this is more of an organizational job, um, what's going on now. And it's uh, the, the pay is getting, getting good, <laughs> finally. Um, it's a very uh, thankless job uh, with not as much pay as some other positions, but it's starting to catch up now. 
uh, to being, and you, you're seeing the way people are paying that position, how important it is uh, inside the athletic department. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tyler, real quick, I want to tell you this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is they have to be easy to be right, but sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant others, or anyone. I've benefited from therapy. It's helped me do my part in my relationships in my life. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com MPW today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash MPW. All right. Um, we're going to talk about this, and then I'm just going to tell you a little breaking news action that's going to fit right into this bad boy uh, that's happened since we started the show. All right. Um, <clears throat> Jeff, Jeff Halfley, the head coach of Boston College yesterday, um, announced he's leaving – uh, to be the head coach, he was the head coach of Boston College, leaving to be the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Um, and this is basically a quote from sources. I imagine this came from him himself. Uh, the, mo the funniest thing after, uh, out of this whole thing I got last night, by the way, Neil, is I sent you this text or I sent you this tweet last night and you responded, you're like, I can't read it. Whoever's tweeted it has me blocked. So this is from this is from uh, Pete Thamel. In case you're curious, Neil, it's Pete Thamel that has you blocked on, on Twitter. I have I have so many enemies in media. The, uh, the the further they lean to the left, the more likely they're my they, they hate me. I'm, uh, I'm I, as I become more and more outspoken, the older I get and the closer I get to the end of this stage of my life, uh, the more they despise me. So Pete Thamel has you blocked, but on his on his Twitter, his source that tells ESPN, which I it usually how this works is he probably told Pete himself, uh, and they just said per sources because it was very specific. I quote, he wants to go coach football again in a league that is all about football. College coaching has become fundraising, NIL, and recruiting your own team and transfers. There's no time to coach football anymore. All right. <clears throat> I know we're going to have some takes on this. Before yep. we get to this one, in the last, this was 20 this minutes is, ago. Hey, I was going to say, there's one that's just popped. Yes. So the one that just happened, or unless there was another one you saw, uh, I said yesterday, and I told you in the text message, I said, this won't be the last one, wink, wink. Um, Alabama yep. offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb might be already heading back to Washington just a few weeks after leaving. Not the Huskies. 
not the Huskies. He's under consideration to become the next offensive coordinator uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. So this is this story, and I, I've told you this, and you and I view this the exact same way. It must be something about the way that people like you and I communicate it, the way that coaches communicate it, the fans out there, the college football fans, this this phenomenon does not register with them. They not even a little bit. They they don't care. They are defiant. Here's the thing: college football fans are passionate. It's good. It's great. It's one of the reasons our show well, it makes business. Yeah, our show's great because of it. I mean, I, I make money because of it. I'm not. That's not a criticism. But the more passionate you are about something, the less rational you are about it. The more That's passionate great. you are about something, the less objective you are about it. Agreed. And this is something that is beginning to happen with a degree of regularity. And as it happens, what I think people like us are trying to say is this isn't a big deal when one or two happen. But when when college head coaches leave head coaching gigs to take assistant gigs in the NFL. That's significant pay cut. That is a fascinating phenomenon. You, you should pay attention to that. And I'm going to tell you what I think is coming. No one paid attention to it when Nick Saban did it because he's 72. But you're going to start seeing some of these guys who've made real money into their 40s, early 50s. They're going to walk away much earlier because the and so people do the thing about i don't have any sympathy they make millions fair enough no one's no one no one's asking you to feel sorry right that ain't i don't it. feel sorry for them that's not a financial thing i don't feel sorry for them financially no but look the world has changed and there's more people i'm doing it now at this stage of my life i'm 54 so I'm, I'm at the same age as a lot of these guys that are beginning to like hit this point in their lives and go, what am I doing? What am I doing? This is insane. There is no work-life balance. It's one thing to grind in your 20s, man. It's one thing to grind in your 30s. You get to be, you're a little younger than me, but you're getting there. Getting there quick. Because you've had people come to you and go, hey, I want to get you back. And you're like, no, I'm kind of good. I'm all right. And that's not just a financial thing. It's Last not week. it's not just because yeah, it's not just because quick you's done really well. That's not it. That's not it. And it's not that you don't miss the game, because I think you do. You miss the building and the and the and the relationships and the camaraderie and the all that stuff. You miss yeah. the you miss the kids, you miss your coaching buddies and all the stuff, the Saturdays, the the highs. You probably don't miss the lows, but you miss the highs and you know what I mean. You miss that, yeah. but, you, but you don't miss it enough to give your kids up. Correct. And so more and more guys are going, this is insane because the old calendar was hard enough, but the old calendar, there were breaks, Tyler. There were breaks. There was moments when at least slowed down. And what the NFL has NFL, once this training camp rolls around late July, pretty much to end of week 17, it's, it's a grind. You're, you're buttoned in. You sort of know in October and November, you're not going to be around a lot. You have a day or two every week when you have some time, but for the most part, you're going to grind. But the season's going to end, and when it ends, your job's going to become more of a nine-to-four, nine-to-five kind of gig. You're going to be able to get to little Bobby's uh, baseball game. You're going to be able to get to Susie's softball game or her dance recital or whatnot. You're going to be able to take your wife out to dinner. You're going to be able to get home in time to uh, – go for a walk to 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 walk the dogs to have a to be a to be a human being you in the college game it's that's over now you you don't have it yeah maybe the head coach gets to take some vacations but everybody inside that building that used to have some built-in time off they're grinding because you, you say got, you're saying lane doesn't take lane doesn't take anybody to deboca with him when he goes fishing i am saying that okay <laughs> And, and and so you've got you've got the portal, which is nonstop. You've got to recruit your own players, which is nonstop. I know coaches, college coaches, who are afraid to leave their building, afraid to leave their campus 
because if they leave and they won't leave during a portal period, because if they leave, they're afraid five dudes will jump in the portal because they got the feelings hurt because they heard they were recruiting somebody else at that position. So you're recruiting your own dudes and now they can transfer multiple times, which means it, it never stops the recruiting process. So you're, and, and then you've got NIL, you got to go raise money. You got to go get money because now you're not just helping the AD raise money to build a new waterfall for the player facility. Now you got to raise the money so that you can afford the $200,000 for an offensive right tackle. You got to go get these things. It is nonstop and guys are burning out and the guys are starting to say, Hey, you know, it's nice to make a lot of money, but if you never have an opportunity to enjoy it, do you really have it? And, and, and so what you're going to see, I think, and I'll shut up. I think you're going to see more and more guys, Jump to the NFL earlier. You're going to see college coordinators go down to be position coaches, even analysts or whatnot in the NFL. Guys want to work in that NFL thing. They'll pay their dues in the NFL. And then you're going to see more guys who've made their money early go, I'm out. I'm going to quit. I'm going to take my money. You know what? I can be an analyst. I can do some stuff. I can go take a job at one of these universities where I know some buddies and, and, and I can watch some film and send some early scouting reports to them and stuff. I can help. I can do some things. I can still be around the game. But you know what? At 5 o'clock, I can, go, I can go hang out with – I can go see the grandkids. I can go hang out with my kids. I can, I can go to my son's uh, travel ball tournament. I can, I can do those things that they can't do now. And I, I think that's going to come more and more. And so my final point is when enough of that happens – this is years down the road, but when enough of that happens, the product that college fans enjoy so much isn't going to be as good. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, too, and because and, we were talking a little bit about this this morning in the office, is recruiting is recruiting. It, it's not like coaches don't grind and work hard. Coaches work their ass off already. I mean, when you don't yeah. have yeah. – what, what job in America, what job do you get? I'm sure there are some, and somebody's going to say, give me 10 of them. Well, there's not many jobs. How about that? There's not many jobs out there that you work seven days a week between 15 and 18 hours a day from July the 20th until February the 7th. There's not many jobs out there that doesn't have a single off day in that time in that time frame. There's just not many. And so when you do get that when February 7th signing day gets here next Wednesday, you used to have a little bit of you take a breath for a freaking about a month or two. And you could go home at five o'clock because you had spring practice or you're getting ready or whatever. And you could have a normal life for about four or five months until you did it over again. Um, that's the work life part that you're referring to. Here's the, here's, I think um, I'll say, I can say this. I'm not going to say names, obviously. Um, I'll tell you privately. I know of two young uh, in the prime young uh, prominent head football coaches in power five. Okay that both have told me separately that they're not doing this shit much longer. And I'm talking about within the year or two years, they're going to walk with not get fired because they're both winning and they're both yeah. winning at a high level um, that they're going to walk, that they're done, that they're going, they're going, they're going to see throughout, you know, this run that they're on or whatever. And then they're out. Uh, they're going to walk away. Um, and here's the reason why. It's not the grind on some of these guys. A lot of these guys, and I think it's the case of Jeff. That's why I want to talk about him. Jeff Halfley, the guy we're talking about in Boston College. You used to be able to control your own destiny a little bit. You used to be able to, okay, if I have a shitty team, it's because I didn't recruit well enough. I didn't teach them football well enough or whatever. You can't control that anymore. You kind of just, you're at the mercy of whatever your collective is. And if you're at a school that's that's financially involved in the collective, uh, you're going to have good players and you're probably going to enjoy this process. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, but that's not the case for most most schools. Um, and, you know, in this league, it's not the case for most schools in this league. And it just it's come into a, a, a fact that no matter what they do, they can't win. I mean, they're they're doing a great job doing the best that they can do and they know this way works, and they know how to do it, they didn't just forget how to coach football. You're just you, – you put your in positions that, hey, I, I can't win. And what happens when you can't win? Well, you're going to get fired. And now all of a sudden you have this reputation that you're not a good football coach and it's hard to get a job. 
Um, and some guys that want to coach football are going to be in a position like, hell, I can't. It's easier. It would be easier. And this is I'm quoting here without saying the person's name. It will be easier for me to, quote, unquote, retire from football, take some time off. Hopefully the rules get regulated or something than to me ride this thing out, get fired and never get a job again. It will be I would be a bit more beneficial for me in the long run to check out for a little bit and then come back, I can get any job because of how we're doing that. That was literally the conversation I had, and it kind of yep. took me off guard, you know, because it goes, if I stay here long enough, we're not the money, you know, it's just a matter of time financially until we don't have the players. Yeah. And it's nothing I, nothing I can do. And if you don't I'm have a good player, enough coach to win today, but I'm not going to be a good enough coach, I can't out-coach the uh, checkbook. That was basically the quote. Yeah. All right, Neil. I'm going to skip over some few things because I, we got a really, really good life advice question, and I want to get to it and make sure we get some time on this life advice question. Life advice presented by State Farm Agent Cole Walters. Cole is licensed in auto, home, life, health, business, and pet insurance for the whole state of Georgia. Contact Cole, 706-525-7850. You can also find him at ColeWaltersInsurance.com. All right, so life advice. That's a good one. I started a new job last year, and things were going really well during my first three months of work. For context, I work in a family-owned business. I got sick, and when I returned to the office, they tested me for COVID, and I failed the test the day before a huge meeting with the CEO. The CEO was very conservative, as am I, and got super pissed about it. Out of sleep deprivation from taking care of my sick child from COVID and being frustrated that the CEO was upset with me, I lost my cool in a conversation with my boss, who is the COO, Chief Operating Officer. I said I was sorry to him, and he seemed to understand. A couple of weeks later, I got a new boss, who is a Gen Z girl, who has no skins on the wall and doesn't really have any redeeming skills whatsoever. Her communication has been really bad, and the CEO keeps changing the objective for our team. It's frustrating because I have this layer between me and the corporate suite now where communication has become really fractured. I hope they're not punishing me for getting sick or having one bad moment of frustration. I left a comfy gig for a job with a lot more upside in salary, and now I'm worried I could lose my job due to corporate BS. What would y'all do in this situation? All right, you want to start or you want me to start? Uh, you go ahead, because I'm, I'm still collecting my thoughts on this. All right, so a um, few things here. One is it's still a job. Um, you can't – I know the the losing – I hope the way I read it and when, when they sent it to us is I think he, he feels that the – him kind of blowing up – him being frustrated and blowing up at work has almost – it sounds like a – not a demotion, but change to who he reports to um, under the uh, guidelines of that organization – but look, I'd say this is there's there is nothing you can do to go back in the past. Yeah. Whether you, whether you think that it was a mistake or not a mistake or the communication is bad or not bad, you basically have two choices. Um, you can sit there and take it and just ride it out and accept the the eventual fate, which is uh, probably termination down the road at some point in time, or just or if they don't, I, they probably would have fired him by now, so he's probably not going to get terminated. But basically not including him in things and, and pushing him down the line, or you can do something about it. And what I would recommend is you, you be where your feet are. Uh, you try to be a great employee, uh, work your ass off because there's nothing you can do that's going to change what's already happened. Uh, you can't do anything about the ability of somebody that you're, that you're reporting to. Uh, I think we've all been in situations like that. Uh, the best thing you can do is, is do the best what do the job your job as best as you can do and not worry about what other people's ability or, or job is uh this is something that's actually common in football it's been common in my career uh sometimes you don't agree with uh a, you don't think a coordinator is very good or you don't think a play call is very good but you have to also be a team player and work your ass off and do your part now in the meantime if and i don't know the um, uh I don't know that we don't, I don't know who this is. So I don't know the situation, but if I was in fear of losing my job, I would be, I would start putting 
of uh, sticks in the fire to to move on and find another. If it's that, uh, you can't repair that. If you can't repair it, I don't know if you can or not. But if you feel like it's uh, you can't repair it, I would start putting uh, sticks in the fire to find another job. I would not wait to get fired to do that. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Um, I would add a couple things, maybe even in, uh, elaborate on a couple of things. Part one that you nailed, you nailed it. You you can't go back in time and change it. Whatever happened, happened. It's done. Whatever the CEO knows, he knows. Whatever version of that he's heard, that's probably the version he believes. Now, if what you did was going to make you immediately fireable, they'd have fired you. So the okay. fact that you're still there probably means you're okay. Might not be on as solid a ground as you used to be. You might not be as valued as you used to be, but you're probably okay. So that puts you in a situation where now it's time to you gotta you gotta make yourself shine. You gotta quit worrying about what happened and you gotta put your best foot forward every single day. You gotta you gotta give them your best effort, you gotta ride, you gotta go hard, all that stuff. But if your gut is telling you that you're in trouble, you're probably in trouble. And if you think you're in trouble, the very best thing you can do is to be proactive, as Tyler said. So you got to you, you gotta put some feelers out in your field. Sounds like you're good at what you do. Um, you need to be shopping yourself around. Because it's going to be easier to get a job with a job than it is to get a job without a job. So, yeah. if you, and then here's the other thing: if you get a job offer, suddenly you have the leverage that you might need to request that meeting with the CEO and put your cards on the table. Tell the truth. Say, here's what happened. I sense this. I, I like this opportunity, but if this isn't a fit for me any longer, I need to take this. And he's either going to tell you one or two things at that moment. Hey, have at it, kick rocks, see ya. Or no, 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 no. We have a misunderstanding here. And then maybe you'll work through things where it changes your, your mindset. And you might have to take a step back to take a step forward. That happens. You might have to take a small step back for whatever came out of your bad day with the COO to eventually move forward and let that be a learning lesson. So that's my advice. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dwell on it with the new COO and there's nothing you can do by the way, to change her age or her communication skills or whatnot. You just have to ride it out and do your job, but your best bet to get in front of that CEO and have a conversation about what happened and what, where you are and how they feel about you is to walk in with another opportunity available to you that you're willing to take. And then if they oh. tell you to kick rocks, you turn in your notice, kick the rocks and move forward. Don't worry about it. If they tell you, no, no, no. Well, then you have a decision to make. And then you got to trust your gut again because it's really that simple. Yeah, the... Uh... I wrote this down while you were talking because it kind of triggered two things that kind of fit in this question uh, with life advice. Um, I've said this before on this show. I'm a big believer in it. Never take a job just because the money oh. is better. Um, you get in a situation and everybody, um, I, I, was, <laughs> I was talking to somebody literally about this, not this, this particular question, but this topic about never taking a job for money like an hour ago. And I was joking and you'll get a kick out of this. So I'm at St. Paul's uh, coaching uh, offensive coordinator, coaching quarterbacks, like my second year there. And Nick Saban gets the job at Alabama and he starts coming to the school, recruiting the kids and all that stuff. And we have conversation about him. And, and back then, so back then it's like 16 years ago now, I guess, uh, coaches were, you know, just very few jobs were paying real money right for assistant coaches and things like that and and uh we were joking and i said hey coach you want to pay me three hundred thousand dollars a year 
I'll buy your coffee on the way to the work every morning and I'll sit in your office and you can motherfuck me for as long until it runs, until your body runs out. And then when you get tired, I'll just, I'll give you a hug, tell you, have a good day. And I'll walk out. That'll be my job. If you, if you, if you want to pay somebody $300,000 to do that, hell I'll do that for 300 grand. Cause I remember 300 grand being all the money in the world back then. Right. That was like a, that was an insane amount of money to pay an assistant coach. Yeah. Uh, little did I know I was going to get my opportunity about 10 years later, but, uh, but, you know, it was just funny that that happened, but you never, the thing about money in a job is early in my career when you were making nothing. Okay. I mean, I'm talking about making peanuts, um, literally peanuts. My first job, I got paid $6,000 a year to coach tackles and tight ends. That's right. $6,000 a year. Okay. Yep. Um, so that's, you think you're, you're just consumed with, with taking a job, making a lot of money. But once you get the My job, first journalism you, job was fourteen thousand four hundred, which was about a six thousand dollar pay cut from bartending. <laughs> so, but when you when you finally get the job that you get the money that you fantasize about, it doesn't change anything. It just you just becomes more problems and and like it doesn't in in your brain it sounds a lot better than it actually is in real life. So that was one, and two is this: I, I took uh, you know right before probably about a year before we started doing this podcast, I was doing home visit and I had uh, Matt Wells on our, on our show. And Matt Wells at that time had just recently been let go as the head coach at Texas tech. Um, and since he's been to Oklahoma, he was an analyst at Oklahoma for a couple of years with Brent Venables. Um, and he recently took the assistant head coach and offense coordinator job at Kansas state. Unbelievable human being. Okay. Unbelievable human being. Great guy. And he said something to me that resonated so deep. And, and I literally, I think about that on a daily basis. And what he said was this. He said, if you're a boss, if you're a boss, you're a CEO of your company, or you're a boss and you have people that work under you um, in any job, whether you're a head football coach and you got players and assistant coaches, or whether you're run your own business or, or whatever. Yeah. A lot of people that listen to our show have people underneath them. And the one thing he says stuck out to me. He goes, you have to remember when you go home as the boss tonight, you go home, you think about all kinds of things. You think about the problems at work, or but you forget you could have 36 people come in your office that day and ask you questions and want to talk to you. And you kind of blow them off or I got things to do or, or you're short with them or whatever it is. But you have to understand as a boss and a CEO that that may be that person's most important conversation of the day. So if they go to you like like he was going to go talk to his CEO, his CEO may not even think about that conversation or whatever happened because he's got other problems. But as a boss, you have to understand that when a person or an employee or somebody comes to you, that's the most important conversation that that employee is going to have probably their whole day and, and respect their time and, and yeah. be attentive and show them uh, that, that you're appreciative. I, I think that's a valuable lesson uh, that anybody running a business or or – uh, organization or in charge people can uh, take forward. It's what impresses me so much about Chris Beard all the time, the basketball coach at Ole Miss. Maybe more than anybody I've ever covered. Maybe more than anybody I've ever covered. And I've covered a lot of people who I've really been impressed with. Maybe more than anybody. I think he genuinely values the input of everyone in his organization. From the managers to the lead assistant coach to the star guard. I think he actually, when he says it, I think he actually means it. Yeah. That excellence excellence is something that you can, you can find throughout an organization. It doesn't have to just be at the top. It's gotta be. Yeah. It's fascinating. All right. Well, we're, we're, uh, we're up against it. So uh, we will stop here. Good show. Really enjoyed that. Hoping to be back in, uh, in person on live stream next week. Been uh, my brace is unlocked. I'm still wearing it. Still got some swelling, still got some stiffness, but I'm able to move a little bit better. Started working on stairs this week, so that was been the big thing. I didn't want to get upstairs and not be able to get downstairs. That was the that was the concern. Uh, the surgery was pretty extensive, and the knee didn't feel right. So I'm just now getting to a place where I can do some of that stuff. So hopefully we'll be back on live stream uh, next week. But we've been brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel. 300 milligrams, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. So check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. For uh, 
Tyler Siski. I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this edition of McCready and Siski. Until next time, have a great weekend. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.